everybody. How we doing? It's the Yard Sign, uh, Florida's most important political podcast. Yours truly, Johnny Torres. I think I've been watching a lot of Pat McAfee lately. I think I might start wearing a tank top and uh, just yelling the entire show. Yeah, let's not do that. Have you watched him at all? No, but he's I fun to watch. But I've seen you in a tank top, and that's not. <laughs> no, that's not. not. <laughs> help me, help you. Help yeah. me, help you. I will say I fill out a tank top more than Pat McAfee <laughs> does, but uh, not in the best way possible. Uh, hi, everybody. The Yard Sign. Uh, thank you so much for listening, watching, uh, whenever, wherever you may be doing so. We appreciate you. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast uh, both on YouTube and across your favorite podcast platforms. And I do mean all of your podcast platforms. So please sign up, subscribe, share it, like us, leave a review, let us know what would, uh, you'd like to see on the show. Uh, and again, that's uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Alexa, all can play the yard sign. Uh, so uh, we've got another show with uh, a great guest. Uh, you've been on the, I think he's been on the show before, right? Once before? I, I haven't been on the show, but I sat in. Oh, you sat in show. on the show. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited. All right. So he's a first timer, um, but uh, a friend of the show nonetheless. And then, of course, I have with me uh, our usual uh, guest host, Mr. Enable David Cabrera. Before we jump into that, though, let's go ahead and uh, talk about today's topics. War in Israel, as uh, it is now legitimately looking like there's going to be a war in Israel. And uh, it's unfortunately looking like it's not going to be limited between uh, Israel and Hamas either. Uh, we'll talk about some of the developments that are happening there and uh, kind of our you know unique local perspective on that. House Speaker round two, we'll talk about the latest developments in the House Speakership over in Congress and uh, how uh, Matt Gates continues to make things difficult for everybody. Uh, <laughs> we'll also talk spoiler, which we didn't get to last show, RFK Jr. What effect will he have on maybe even the Republican primary, definitely the general election, as he has now uh, announced his intent to go independent. Um, but uh, as I said, we've got two great people on the show today. My guest host, as always, Mr. Anibal David Cabrera. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. I know we got to get your uh, King George back out here. I mean, Although we yeah, haven't had yeah. quite the occasion for it yet. I mean, ever since the, the passing of the queen, God rest her soul, and then with the <laughs> new king, long live the king, um, we haven't really needed anything major. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the divorce rumors to keep on kicking in with the Duke oh, and Duchess here. Markle, and, yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, I mean, again, if, if the people on the outside are annoyed with her yeah. and they never talk to her, see her, have to deal with her. I mean, how much more annoying could she possibly be in person? She I mean, the infinitely. Reason, she's the reason why I don't watch the, the show suits. Like I want to watch <laughs> the show suits. I like the clips. I like right. all this stuff. But the moment she shows up on the, I'm not, I'm done. Okay. Is she a big role on that show? I think season two and three. I've held off. I have, cause she's like, she's a love interest for Mike, okay. the, the, yeah. the, the guy on the spectrum. And so because of that, I'm like, I just, I can't, I just, I just can, I don't like her. Well, I mean, she couldn't even produce uh, any kind of, uh, you know, interesting content for Netflix. But none of them can. Like yeah. the Obamas couldn't do it. Yeah, true. Like the, um, I don't know if they gave somebody to Pence or something, but like they, no, none of these people People can do yeah, the Obamas get, that deal went south yeah yeah and then that's just on Netflix and then they also did it with Spotify like they couldn't do anything there either and yeah. like they're supposed to be how difficult like, we do this show like out of our own pockets just on our own time and we dedicate ourselves kind of quasi not <laughs> when it's not election cycle we're right here and so to have them like not do anything 
Yeah. No. And they got paid for it already, please. Well, and again, he was like doing stuff that again was like just completely out of his universe, right? You know, I think there's something to kind of staying in your lane, you know, and then breaking out, you know, if you want to try other stuff. But I mean, I think when it's one of their first projects was like uh, our national parks, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what what does Obama have to do with national parks? You know, and it's like, okay, so he lived in Hawaii. I mean, you know, it, I don't know. I never understood that relationship, but they were obviously trying to capitalize on something. Our guest for today, good friend uh, of the show, and, uh, you know, glad to finally have him on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to contribute. Also, a guest panelist on the upcoming Tampa Bay uh, Criminal Justice Summit uh, coming uh, October 21st to Tampa Prep. Uh, it's going to be an all day fun fest of yep. criminal justice. Um, but uh, you're going to be one of the panelists. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Lance Wissinger. Hello. Thank What's you. Up, buddy? Uh, <laughs> this is super exciting to be here. Yeah, it took um, long enough to get you on here. I know. And it took me 30 seconds to walk over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, excited about that. You guys are talking about like production and like people putting these things together. Yeah. I'm actually working with a production crew doing a TV show right now with Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. And there are so many hiccups that have happened. Like, we oh. were supposed to be done filming in July, and I still haven't even started shooting my part yet. Oh, <laughs> like, no. So, like, those things get in the way, and it, it pushes things back, and it, it causes production quality to go down. Um, but I am seeing firsthand of like where some of those issues are. So like, yeah. as you guys are talking about, I'm like, I can, I can name this, I can name that. <laughs> like, well, it's almost happen. literally one of those, like too many chiefs, not enough Indian yep. scenarios. I yep. mean, because, uh, at the higher up you go in, you know, the leadership, the more that person thinks they're in charge mm-hmm. and get to tell everybody beneath them what to do. Yep. And so I can't imagine, I mean, how, uh, you know, difficult that must be to get anything done. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it makes sense when you hear about like Christopher Nolan taking like three years to make a movie. Yeah, yeah. you know, when, when you realize how many people have their hands all in it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited about it because we are putting it together and they're going to go through my whole history and break down everything and about where I'm at now and the work that I've been doing and they're getting cool. into some of my personal projects, which is super cool. Yeah. And there's going to be several other people that have similar stories to me. And so we're going to be sharing all that and hopefully it'll come out in the next few months. On, like I said, on Amazon prime. Well, so, keep us in the loop on that. We'd sure. love to For help sure. you get the word out. So. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And then this Saturday, like you said, the, the criminal justice summit, we'll get into yeah. that later, but super excited about that. I'm going to be talking about uh, the second look. So like going right. back and like re- rescheduling some of those uh, uh, sentences. So okay. we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Well, happy for you, man. Thanks. You know, and uh, you know, you're, you're out there working hard. So you've, yeah. you've earned every bit of it. Thanks. It's, my 10 year challenge is pretty, pretty awesome. So good. All right. <laughs> Love it. So let's get into, uh, again, the biggest, uh, issue, you know, both of, uh, last week's show, this week's show, Warren Israel, of course, now a lot of development has taken place. Uh, I'd say the headlines, uh, coming out of, uh, the, you know, the middle East or the, that part of the world so far is, uh, certainly the, the escalation. Um, Israel is obviously uh, now uh, counteracting, you know, and uh, against what uh, has been done to them. Uh, and uh, the fact that now the United States has announced there's 2,000 troops uh, headed over there. Uh, in what capacity, um, you know, uh, I'm sure it's, it's not going to be frontline type stuff, but certainly kind of reinforcements, you know, in, in terms of support. You know, we were talking about some of the resources and things that we needed to um 
that were inevitably going to be required of us, you know, which some people didn't think that we were going to be asked of. Um, but not only are there physical troops, um, soldiers going to head, uh, heading over there, but also a second carrier unit um, is heading into that part of the world, which again, I mean, we forget how powerful we are, you know, until it comes to things like this, you know, and the fact that we have, a second carrier unit to just hey why don't you go over there and help settle things down i mean it really says a lot about our military you know a, a prowess um it it's now looking like iran uh, is also kind of starting to like tiptoe closer to crossing the line you know they're saying that obviously for israel goes into palestine um, as part of their counteroffensive, that they're going to get involved. Obviously, Iran gets involved, and we get involved, and all the dominoes start to fall from there. Um, I mean, what have you read, Anibal uh, and Lance? I mean, how, how? What do you guys? I mean, do you think it goes that far? Do you think it continues to escalate, uh, or or do you see this de-escalating in some way quickly? De-escalation, I do not think what's what's is going to happen anytime soon. I think what has occurred now, I think the de-escalation is not going in with troops with after the first 24 hours. I mean, we're already into the yeah. thousands in terms of casualties. Correct. And on both sides now. When the number of, of Israelis dead are approaching 1,500, um, those that are dead in Palestine are probably approaching 2,000. And that's just, I'd heard it was a little over 2,000 already. And so that's where the the, the hits back and forth are going to lo locate. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the only way to take out Hamas storage facilities and offices and, and, and secured bunkers, are, I mean, they build them underneath hospitals and underneath schools, underneath apartment complexes. Hence why the evacuation of Gaza City was such an important thing to start working on to remove the individuals and children and, and families out of Gaza City and go south. And yeah. again, this is as uh, I think the size of like Rhode Island, I believe it is. It's it's, it's a yeah. very small part of the uh, small part of the world and one of the most densely populated parts of the world. I think what's going to happen now with the second carrier. We have eleven carrier groups. Uh, roaming around the world at any given time. Uh, the second one is to stop the this from escalating even further. Even though you think it's kind of counterintuitive having a second carrier group in there. Well, it's a show of force. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a show of force, a show to say like, look, do not get involved any further than this. Like you, Jordan is definitely not gonna get involved. Uh, Egypt is not get, does not want to get involved. You have, a, but then you have the northern parts of that part of the world, where it's Syria, uh, Lebanon, which is still a, it's almost a complete collapsed. Well, in Egypt, almost to a demise, is is not wanting to get involved. I mean, they're all, they are stopping certain aid from getting through. Um, that is obviously very much needed, uh, you know, in Gaza, and uh, they're 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 almost not wanting to get involved to the extent that we don't want any part on this to where it looks like we don't want to. We're not taking sides. Egypt knows at all. Egypt knows what happens when you send aid through their channels, and that goes to Hamas. That happens all. How on earth do you think they're getting rockets yeah. into into Gaza to shoot into Israel? It's absolutely insane. Yeah, good point. And so like. Um, I remember reading a report where they were trying to reestablish the the sewer system and the and the, the water system in Gaza. And instead of using the tubes and the metal for that project, they used it to build rockets. <laughs> like mm -hmm. these are the things that they're, they're having to deal with there. And so 
I think the reality is that Russia, that Egypt doesn't want to get involved because they know how much of a hot mess this is because whatever's coming out is going to make things even worse. And Egypt likes its its relationship with Israel. And I mean, the air, the um, Abraham Accords were like, I think a few months away from being signed again to add Saudi Arabia onto it. So this has been more of a, of a do not forget about the Palestinian struggle if you're going to make peace with Israel, or let's, let's put the whole region in a powder keg, because the but, thing you don't want to happen is that Iran publicly says that they are supporting, uh, that they contributed to it, because that's not what they're saying. They're not saying that they contributed, but they do support Hamas. And that's where things are being, uh, they don't want to escalate. Biden not saying that uh, Iran was a contributing factor is the, the line yeah. when he didn't say it. But, but this is the thing. It, it's, you know, you talk about these accords being signed again. To me, it looks like now, because, again, you want to separate them. Like you really do. I think people generally want, don't want to associate Palestinians with Hamas, well, right? But even you watching, you don't see it now anymore. You don't see Palestine versus Israel. You see Israel versus Hamas. No, I they understand. Well, changed. but the media is, is 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 obviously pushing that narrative. Yeah, you know, because the reality is, is not we we were watching Sky News here, you know, before the show started, and I mean, th honestly, it it frustrates me that we have to go to an international news outlet to get the true picture of what's happening there because we are so desensitized, we are so coddled and filtered in terms of what we see in our news. I mean, the level of what they're willing to show is just, it is, is, is day and night. Um, and they were actually at a hospital in Gaza uh, and, and they were saying, hey, look, most of our patients here um, and even those that have passed here, they're children. You know, we don't have anywhere to take them. We don't have the resources uh, and we're not gonna move them anywhere because to do so would count, would cause more casualties. Um, but then, you know, but then he kind of prefaces it with, we're not going to listen to what the occupiers say, right? So culturally- There are no Israeli occupants, occupiers in Gaza. Well, and, and, and so that's the thing, like culturally, they, there's this mentality there that again, like it's, it's you want to separate the two, but the problem is, is that they share the same mentality. Oh, yeah. The culture, the anti-Semitism, right? If you, the, the the rhetoric is all the same, whether oh, yeah. you're a member of Hamas or not. And if again, you, that's why a lot are, of people associate Hamas with Palestine. There are videos of of bodies of Israelis that were at the at the music festival being driven back into Gaza and everyone celebrating the death of an Israeli the death of a Jew the death of someone that was that was on that land and yeah. you have children celebrating women celebrating right. and then you get and then we get in then the Israelis get in trouble because they're bombing where those locations are at and yes it's sad what's happening Gaza is one of the largest under 18 population in that part of the world but whose fault is that? Who, what on earth is Israel supposed to do? Yep. I, yeah, I heard a quote um, a little earlier, and I'm going to have to paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly, but it was if, um, if Hamas was to lay their weapons down, there would be peace in the Middle East. If Israelis were to lay their weapons down, they would have no protection. So, like, they're saying that, you know, it's definitely coming one-sided. Now, obviously, there's this has been going on for a long time. We're just pieces of it. I want to go back to your original question about de-escalation or escalation. 
I feel like this is the first time, at least in my life, which I've seen a few of these have been around since the eighties. Um, <laughs> I have no confidence whatsoever in the administration over there right now. I don't, I see Anthony Blinken over there and all I can think of is like, they're laughing at us because of like, we can't get our own crap together over here. Sure. So like sending a second carrier group over there. Yeah. That's going to be a show of force. But if there's no, if there's nothing behind it, like, you know, the previous administration made peace over there. And now here we are with two different wars going on. One of the, which is potentially just money laundering over there. That one is starting to lose steam. Now this other one comes up. So now here we are getting back into this whole another situation so like we're dealing with these these people that are being pushed in one way or another to this is this is what they see as their only option is we have to do this to get rid of whatever scourge they see it is yeah so dealing with that dealing with the humanitarian side of it the other thing that i kept seeing a lot of today was a proportional response like making a big deal about well they did this and then it was again i don't remember who it was but they're like so how many babies do, do the Israelis have to kill to make it proportional? Right. How many, you know, innocent people need to die? How many music festivals need to be raided for it to be a proportional response? So like seeing what their responses are coming back, like, you know, shooting weapons in there, the way that Hamas has dug in and built into the infrastructure, all the money that's supposed to be going to infrastructure to the Gazans has been taken by Hamas and has been now to built for terrorism. So like, what a lot of the people over here are fighting for isn't even actually happening. Correct. It's just, it, they're just fighting for an ideal, which is a big issue on a lot of the things that we fight about here in America is like, we're fighting for an ideal, but there isn't necessarily any facts behind that. Yeah. Um, well, one of the other things that is, has come out is apparently, um, Benjamin Netanyahu inviting president, uh, Biden. Uh, and one of the things I was going to say in response to what you were just saying is, is that, you know, these terrorist groups, much like, you know, our, you know, nation, you know, national leaders around the world, they know when America has weak leadership, you know, especially these terrorist groups, they know when we have weak leadership and they know when and where they can get away with this sort of thing. Um, because, you know, I think obviously there was a big, there was a long dormant period leading up to 9-11. And then they saw the response, obviously, that we went into. And I don't want to get into all the whether, you know, w w where was right, where was wrong and all that. But they saw, right, the action that, that took place following that. Um, and so, you know, kind of like when the original World Trade Center, you know, bombing took place, you know, under the Clinton administration. You know, what did Clinton do about it? Nothing. Literally had Biden, bin Laden, you know, in, in a sniper's eyesights. And he told him not to take the shot. Um, and and so I think, you know, I mean, people are obviously going to say, oh, you're just saying that because, you know, you, you know, you voted for him or, you know, or because you're a Republican. But honestly, I think it's true. I don't think this would have happened under a Trump administration um, because they knew that the response, you know, that this president would have had would have been far different. Um, or the environment just in general would have been far different um, for them to even attempt something like this. You know, and so that being said, I mean, I think it's laughable for Netanyahu to be inviting Biden, you know, to come to Israel at a time like this. I mean, the guy barely likes to travel the country. Uh, and, and I don't think it's even a matter of fact of him liking it. I don't think he can. Mm -hmm. I don't think he physically has the ability to, um, to, to, the demand to live up to the demands that that 
his position requires. I know that before this whole thing blew up, there was conversations that they were going to retool Air Force One because he cannot go down or go up the large, the very, and it's a big, it's a big plane. It, don't get me wrong, yeah. I probably have difficulties just huffing it up also, but I'm not the, the leader of the free world. Well, who's, you and know, so how now, many times has he tripped on so the So now what's going to happen is there, three well, he, last week. He, yeah, he tripped last week. Yeah. And that became a huge thing. But they're going to, I mean, that was like, remember coming, when that was like a once in an administration kind of thing? Like Gerald Ford kind of started the whole, you know, it's like, you know, he tripped once and it made like international headlines. Well, he and, fell off the stage. So. You know, well, you know, but it was one of yeah. these things Trump that rarely happened. And, like, everything right. hit the fan. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> think, you think I was born in the 80s? Mm. Um, oh, that's what we're going to segue to? Huh? The fact that's even on. Never mind. No, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I thought well, you were making fun of me because of my ringer. No, I don't. I think it was that Night Rider? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's because we're all in the 80s. <laughs> we're like, oh, that's perfectly quite normal. We um, all remember the 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say this. I think what's going to happen, I don't think he should be going to Israel. I think that's a very inappropriate thing to do at the moment. I think you need to allow the Israel... The, the shorter we can allow this conflict to occur, the better. I mean, the fact that Israel's going back into Gaza, which I think... I understand the reasoning for it, and I'm not against it. I just think there's a lot more negative that's going to come out of it than positive because either you go in, you smash everything in that part of, of Gaza, and then you pull out. That's the only thing you can do yeah. because you do not want to give them another another arm to say, okay, now you're occupying Gaza. Because, again, when they say they're occupying us from Gaza, it's because they believe they should be all of Judea. It should be theirs. And that's the, that's the mentality that you have to figure out how to break. And you can't break that if these kids are being grown up and raised to be— to be antifadas and to be militants. That, that's just not possible. And then you have it where, and I didn't even know this, that the terrorist groups pay families a stipend every month if their kid commits suicide in a, as a bombing. Like, they get paid for that, which is insane. So, like, yeah. what's the benefit? There is no benefit out of this. Well, and because, and, and also, you know, their, their economy is in complete disarray. Oh, because that, and so yeah. for some of them, that's that's the only way that they're able to feed themselves. It's a, it's a war economy. Yeah. Gaza is constantly trying to figure out ways to get money so that they're able to shoot rockets into Israel on a daily basis. Like, I don't understand. I think people are forgetting that this isn't the first time that there's been a rocket shot into Israel. Yeah. It happens, like, on a weekly basis. Sure into it that's why they have the iron dome and right. it's like i was trying to look to see how many rockets have been fired into gaza uh, into uh, israel from gaza and from the west bank and they don't they, there's no number because this is too many to count sure it's a daily occurrence yeah. i want to say the last number that i heard and that this was like just over the course of the week was like six thousand. yeah that's it's incredible insane. yeah, yeah. No, right and who's funding it all right yeah. you know now we're hearing that hezbollah might get involved uh, as well, you know, in support of Hamas. Hezbollah is a far more frightening thought than Hamas. I mean, it's, they have, they. I mean, they have a presence internationally. Hezbollah is has been known to be in Brazil, uh, Venezuela. Uh, I'm sure other countries in Latin America. Um, you know, they're they're even responsible for the training of some of these guerrilla groups, you know, throughout Latin America that are making life insufferable for those people, which is why they're trying to come to the United States. Uh, but again, I think Iran's behind this, you know, obviously monetarily, you know, even in terms of, you know, providing, you know, military or, or weapon assistance. that 
is Iran was behind it, they would have been bombings. Well, no, of course, Iran. but that takes a lot of investigation. And again, it takes when time. it comes to money laundering and, and, and purchasing weapons and things like that, I mean, those things, you know, it, it take time. But uh, honestly, I don't think they even are going to wait or need to wait because I think Iran is probably going to act on what they perceive to be as a threat this way is a, before this is a cold war situation I, I feel that iran is never going to purposely fire from their territory missiles or any form of art or any form of artillery into israel because not from what, iran but that's what i'm saying yeah. they're going to use their influence in libya in syria and in gaza to probably promote that the problem is you would have seen that out of the golan heights and all the other parts of northern israel if something was going to happen because they did the day of rage like on friday mm -hmm. and not to say nothing happened like i think someone was, was stabbed even here in the states and like people were stabbed in israel during that time and so people died, but it wasn't to the extent that people were expecting it to. So I think yeah. what happens is you move more, figure out how you're going to be a corridor of getting people out of northern Gaza. And I, I get upset. I get annoyed when people are like, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. Okay, if you're not leaving a war zone, then what What on earth are you wanting us to do? Because yeah. that just means you, you want to stay because you think it's going to be an issue. Let's get the kids and everyone else out of South and just figure out what to do from here. Because I yeah. guess, again, if Israel can do this, get in blow up half the city and then get out, I think that's the only way this is going to work. Well, there have been reports of the uh, Hamas actually putting bombs in the road. So, like, as people are trying to evacuate, their cars are being blown up and then they're blaming it on rockets coming in. But there's evidence of it, sure. like a bomb blowing up in the road. And they're, like, blocking the ways for them to get out. So, like, clearly this is, you know, there are people that want to get out that aren't getting out. There are people that say... We live in Florida. We know all about people that stay when they probably shouldn't, you know? Yeah. So. Well, they're using them as human shields yeah. because yeah. they know that if they were to evacuate Gaza and all of a sudden mm -hmm. the only people left there are Hamas, I mean, they're going to come in and just level the place. Yeah. Um, the, they know that the more you leave children in hospitals and the more that, you know, families, you know, basically... Um, decide that they can't evacuate you know that is only going to allow for hamas to again you know succeed right because it's going to give some reservation uh, you know maybe not so much to israel but certainly to other countries like ours you know to get involved you know and so but this is back going back you know i said last week you know that we were going to get involved and you know and now we're involved and now we and well, the scope of our involvement has been very much timid to what yeah, we expect. i think that's temporary i don't think we're going to have boots on the ground i really don't feel that way um, they're sending soldiers why yeah, else would you why those, else would you send soldiers supporting, i mean we have soldiers in ukraine it, but those are also in supporting positions not front soldiers like that we're not, none of our people are going to be in the middle of gaza i think if iran out. gets involved we will yeah but then that's a whole different conversation I I know, but this is going back to then what I've been saying all along, you know, that we've been, you know, just blindly giving Ukraine anything and everything they want. And now we find ourselves in a position where we need a lot of those resources. We don't need a lot of those resources. We, we will. You want tanks in the middle? I think, you want tanks in the, in the Middle East? I think we will. I need. Think so. I think we will. And it's not just the tanks. It's a lot of the missiles. You know, it's a lot of the ammunition. A lot of the things that are, we were running low. Israel is not running low on missiles firing into. No, because they refused to give it to the ukraine yeah, they were they told had, because they, had they their were own told issue. they were told to give what what we had given them the stockpiles that we had given them to give that to the ukraine they refused because they knew that a day like this would come israel and it's the only a, reason israel has been a powder keg 
for years. Of what, course. What was the, when was the last Antifada? It was like maybe two years yeah, ago. Yeah, but this isn't like another day in Israel. This is obviously now escalated to another situation. That's why they didn't give anything. And, right, but they didn't know this was coming. They didn't know this was coming. They, they were completely unprepared for this. Knowing that there is some, you always know there's a possibility that to this extent, no, I don't think they thought this was going to happen. Correct. But they always know the missiles are coming out of Gaza. Yeah, on the a missiles, daily basis. absolutely. But I'm talking about but, all, I but I'm talking about the hand gliders. I don't understand, I don't understand your fixation when it comes to what we do to Ukraine and what we've been doing with Israel. Because those resources that we've now been giving to the Ukraine and to, you know, continue this, you know, basically corrupt operation that's happening over there because I they are. I don't, I don't feel that it's corrupt. They just called out their own minister of defense for for money laundering. And they fired him for it. Okay, but you don't think that, the, again, they got one roach. Again, what happens when you killed the one roach? There's still a million other roaches. That does not that does not automatically cut the legs of what we're doing in Ukraine. Which the, is what? Which is making sure that we don't have an issue when it comes to NATO. Again, I mean, what we're going to see is we're going to have an issue where we don't have the resources we need to protect an actual ally in Israel versus the Ukraine. And it's going to weaken us militarily. Because I think it's only going to escalate. And I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. I think what happens in Gaza is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. That's but what I, I mean. do not think we're going to have an issue when it comes to the uh, having more larger countries like Iran. I don't I don't compare Libya to Iran. If Libya gets involved, Libya gets involved. Okay. Jordan's not going to get involved. Egypt's not getting involved. No matter what, Saudi Arabia's not going to get involved. That's not going to happen. So you think you, you Iran is going to do that to get involved? I think yeah. I think they're going to pressure their their people on those in in Libya and Syria to try to get involved but because Israel's be definitely going into Gaza. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a that's, certainty. That's fine. And they've already said that's their red line. That if Israel goes into Gaza, it, Iran's getting involved. Iran, first of all, almost every Muslim country said that they were in support of Hamas over Israel. Now, what they say to temper their people and what they do are two completely different things. Yeah, but Iran is literally funding Iran Hamas. Iran is not going to get involved. Okay. I've, I've proven you wrong so far how did on everything me, else. How did you prove me wrong? Because I told you that Ukraine, giving us, giving all this money and resources to Ukraine was going to be a problem, and now it's a problem. Ukraine is not a problem. It is a problem. How is it a problem? Because it does not only put us into, a, like, unforeseen amounts of debt. Okay, Unforeseen amount of debt? Are you kidding me? How many trillions of dollars have we given them? We haven't given them a trillion dollars. Okay, what? How many? Maybe maybe $100 billion at most. Okay, so $100 billion. Yeah. Yes, to kick in the teeth of Russia to make sure that never happens again so we don't have this oh, issue anymore. Oh, that's happening? Russia getting aggressive and crossing over? Yes, that is possible. Yeah, but they're not getting their teeth kicked in. <laughs> okay. We can keep on having this conversation because I, do un I don't understand where the fixation is of you not liking the idea of us supporting Ukraine, who is basically fighting what we should be fighting. Because the problem is, is that even once this is over, which God knows whenever that's going to be and how many more billions and billions of dollars that's going to cost, then they're going to expect us to go in and pay to rebuild their country. Yeah, like right? Germany and, and Japan and okay. Korea. And but what, that was our responsibility because we went in there and we bombed the heck out of them. It was, no. We didn't do the same thing in the ukraine and we're not in and and in russia we have been spilling billions of dollars in europe for redevelopment during the 80s and 70s for rebuilding yes what because we were after, responsible for it after the cold war 
No, in, I'm talking about after after the Second World War. Yeah, and that's fine. I don't have a problem putting money into places okay, that can benefit us in the future. Okay, but it's none of our business to rebuild the Ukraine after this problem that they find it's themselves in. It's none of in. our business being in Africa. It's none of our business being parts of Asia. But we do it to ensure that we can live the same lifestyle. Yeah, but we're, we're not rebuilding with. their entire country, we've especially after we Vietnam. We rebuilt because it was our fault. It wasn't our fault. Vietnam was absolutely our fault. <sighs> Because we got involved in something that had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with us. We were fighting a cold war. What do you think we were doing? What do you think we were doing around the world? You okay, think but again, Korea was something that we just walked into, Lalagagi. The reason no, we, we had, had to, to rebuild Vietnam was because we destroyed it. Both sides destroyed it. Of course, but you know that they're not going to pay the bill. It's easier for us. Russia's to not going to pay the bill to it's rebuild the Ukraine. It's easier for us to build and to pay the money than for us to occupy. That's what you do in the United States. You rebuild and get the goodwill and get the economic development because it's easier for people when they have money in their pocket because of redevelopment and economic prosperity to stick with that than to go back to war. All right, we'll see. But again, I, I think it's a full-blown money laundering scheme at this point, you know, and, and that's your opinion. And well, think about it. Who's ta who's talking about Ukraine anymore? Because everyone's talking about Israel you know? right now. Right, exactly. So so the media's already so moved on and nobody's looking because and there's no accountability. 1500 Israelis zero died. accountability as to that's what's happening what, in the Ukraine. Ukrainians believe. There is zero accountability what's happening in the Ukraine. The Ukrainians themselves don't care. They're going out clubbing every weekend like nothing's happening. Ukrainians there? Yes. <sighs> yes, there's actually tons of go Google it. You know, there's tons of footage. You know there's Israelis clubbing right now, also. Right now. Yes. I highly doubt that. Okay, you have no idea what happens in Tel Aviv. Even when the sirens are going off, they're still doing it. This is not again. This is not like a normal day in Tel, in Tel Aviv. When you when this every, is not when a normal every, situation. Every day is a day that you could probably lose your life. It's a normal situation. So, all right, joining me, Lance Wissinger <laughs> and Abel David Cabrera. Um, uh, I was just about to ask what you guys yeah. thought about Taiwan and China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But uh, anyways, we appreciate you for watching, listening uh, to The Yard Sign, Florida's most important political podcast. Uh, and uh, we uh, are going to shift gears uh, just a little bit here. But don't forget, you can subscribe uh, to uh, our um, – oh, oh, okay. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast, and uh, you can do so on your favorite podcast platform anywhere online. And uh, so uh, opening, obviously, with Israel War. Going into the other uh, fabulous piece of drama, which is, of course, the last thing you want happening in the middle of, you know, these kind of uh, global scenarios here. But we continue to be without leadership in Congress uh, as uh, the speakership is now up for grabs, thanks to Matt Gates. Uh, and uh, so the name that uh, now seems to be kind of floating to the top is uh, Jim Jordan. Um, it seems that Republicans are coalescing around this. I don't see Democrats getting behind Jim Jordan um, because just honestly, he's, he's just too conservative. It'd be great as Republican to see a Jim Jordan as a House Speaker, whether he claims to want the position or not. Um, but uh, because I think, you know, uh, I think in terms of uh, philosophy, policy, you know, uh, consistency, you know, he's certainly kind of that kind of guy, you know, I think for the job. Uh, and uh, Scalise, 
you know, dropped off pretty quickly after some things came out, you know, it's funny how those things happen, <laughs> you know, these, these little, you know, things that you've done just kind of like linger out there with nobody saying anything about it until you try to move up into a position of power. And then all of a sudden, all these, uh, all these horrible things come out about people, but Steve Calise, Scalise no longer in the running, it seems like for speakership, any other names? I haven't really heard of any other names kind of being thrown out there. Um, I, I, I read a headline, so I don't have all the information. <laughs> yeah. So I will I'll put that copy out there. But, uh, uh, the idea was that certain Republicans were not going to vote for Jim Jordan, but would vote for Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah. Ah! So, which again, this was the, this again, was the, just the headline that I read. This, <laughs> this was the part of this whole thing that really irked me the most, because basically you're opening the doors for the Democrats to take mm -hmm. over the house, uh, speakership. Um, you know, despite the fact that we have a majority uh, currently in the House, it's not a big enough majority to really, Three you know, the sway, right, to, to kind of sway the speakership. You know, in fact, the Democrats are more coalesced. They're more unified, I think, to the extent that. Honestly, if they wanted to, they probably could pull it off. They could probably find three Republicans out there that live in a blue enough district uh, that just happen to get elected uh, and are willing to go with a Democrat for speaker. Well, really, they just have to vote present or yeah. abstain to, be right. able to, to lower that threshold. Yeah. And like, doesn't this just lead into what just happened with McCarthy, though? Can't Matt Gaetz just be like, I don't want him no more. And like, we're back at square one so, again. So I anyways, think, like. I I think with the new speaker, there'll be different rules because okay. this yeah. was a specific rule for McCarthy. Okay. And so right. I think, I don't know if Jim Jordan's going to allow that to happen. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was like the rules that went through the rest of this Congress or if they're the rules that just went with the, the speaker. I think it's the rule that went with that speaker. Okay. I think that's. If that's the case, then we'll see what happens. But I was just kind of like, cool. Well, they'll put whoever up and then Gates will just be like, I don't like him either. I, honestly, I can't wait for him to get primaried in this coming <laughs> election cycle for me to donate to whoever is running against him. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Well, and this is, you know, uh, the part of the process where, again, you start hearing about Congress people you've never heard of before, mm -hmm. right? Because obviously I think there takes like a level of talent and skill, be it from your team or be it from you as an individual. Again, Matt Gates represents the smallest, uh, but possibly the smallest district in Florida, um, and not geographically, but in terms of population. Um, but yet, obviously, he's a national figure. Um, you know, he's known nationally for, for uh, just, you know, being in the headlines. Underage hookers right. are on, uh, <laughs> on planes, right? Is that I, I knew about him. So and before, a very odd adoption. <laughs> before I got really heavy into the work that I do now, I actually knew of him because he got kicked off of Twitter. Like, really? <laughs> like that was his right. thing. And then I met him at an event down in Southwest Florida and was like, oh, all right, I get it. Any, <laughs> anyone, anyone, oh, that I has, anyone that has more hair product than I do, I don't feel comfortable with. I mean, his hair, it seems like, has gotten progressively taller, taller <laughs> as he's gotten older. So, I mean, I, he looks like a, like a brunette version of Conan O'Brien. I mean, <laughs> the pictures that I keep seeing of him, and and again, I've met him, He's he was decent to me, so I have nothing ill to say against him. But like every time I see a picture of him and his hair is like so coiffed and he's like got the makeup on and everything, like he looks like a supervillain. Like <laughs> he does. He looks like he looks yeah. like one of the people. It's like 
that dude's trying to rob banks <laughs> and, and not like the traditional way. Like yeah. he's got something going For on. Me, like uh, if he were to throw on some type of a, like a hero, like yeah. a superhero yeah. costume, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the hair just like, it just doesn't look normal. It looks, it's, it looks like, like he's almost wearing sculpted. Uh, he, he yeah. sculpted. Yeah. Like he looks like he's been put together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The anti-venturing candidate really. Uh, for me, he looks like a, a, a like a, a haired a Lex Luthor with hair. That's what he looks like for me. Yeah. Someone that's figured out a way to weasel himself into the government, and even though he is completely negative and completely wrong in everything, he keeps on getting elected somehow. So that's well, like you were talking about his district. Like I think it's one of the largest districts by area. Yeah, but it has the few fewest people because it's you know yeah, they get wiped Florida. out every hurricane. And that's oh. what I was gonna say. I think <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, had more. Right. His district has had more hurricanes. We can make these jokes because we live in Florida, all right? <laughs> people, calm down. Right. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier about people not wanting to leave. Like we get it, man. People, yeah. like, we know the storm's coming, and people yeah. are like I'm not leaving my stuff. Right. You know. So like that is definitely something we have like, to put I mean, down here. Like Leo and, Wall, and Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, we have, this is a, this <laughs> I ain't is freaking its, leaving. This is its own podcast to have that conversation of like, what would, <laughs> what is the number that would require you to leave your house? Yeah. In, during a hurricane, for me, because I'm again, we're all kind of different. You're mm-hmm. in, you're on the coast. Yeah. I'm like a little bit in the intercoastal, and then you're like straight up in the middle of the in the county, and so. It would take a yeah, lot. Yeah, but I'm only, I'm only. Are you in a flood two zone? Two miles from the water. Are you in a flood zone? Yeah, I'm pretty okay, sure. So I think I'm in a flood so zone. So we're in the highest part of Hillsborough County. Seminole Heights actually is the highest point yeah. in Hillsborough County and in Tampa. And so like we're not in a flood zone whatsoever. Right. And we have the highway that's like a basically a yeah. dam <laughs> if the water comes on our side. I would need like a Category 4 <laughs> and about eight hours. Direct so hit. Maybe six hours. Direct hit, I would yeah. need, I would go in 10, uh, 10 hours prior and I would probably oh. go to Ocala or Dates, so. Date City. I would go to Date City. My elevation is 2. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but you're with, being told when to evaluate. Yeah, but when, in some of my other work, like I talked about my my own personal stuff, um, we've done drone work with uh, emergency management, specifically with like Hurricane Ian um, and Hurricane uh, started with an H, the one right before that. Uh, but we did a lot of work during that, and so we stayed when Ian came through, and the eye went right over top of us. And we dealt with all of that. This time, seeing, you know, you got to pay attention to, like, you know, which side of the mm-hmm. storm you're on. And we were on the, the bad side this time, so that's why I got flooded this time. Mm. Um, just everything came together at the right point. So even though the storm missed us because I'm so close to the water, yeah. still, like, there was fish swimming in my yard, which is, you know. <laughs> wow. And they weren't the ones out of my aquarium, so it was weird. They are like, hey, yeah. we know each other. Um, but it was just dealing with all of that, like, dealing with Florida weather and paying attention. Um my thoughts and prayers go out to Crystal River because they got <sighs> smacked with the hurricane. And then wow. last week they got smacked with a tornado. Like the same business, like they closed, they opened, and they got hit like right after they reopened. I love that part of town too. I love I yeah. love Crystal River up there. It's, it's real nice. Up there. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a weird conversation to have with non-Floridians. Like we know what side of the hurricane is the bad yeah. side. But yeah. So if you're on the good side of the hurricane, yeah. then like you can kind of write it out. Sure. But if you're not on that, if you're on the bad side, then yeah, you yeah. gotta. You gotta, I say a category four also is probably my number. Well, and the problem is, is also is just how large the state is. Yeah. Because I remember during Hurricane Irma, all right, we were deciding whether or not to evacuate. Okay, we originally, because we're from South Florida, we're going to re- evacuate to South Florida. Well, what happened? 
the 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 hurricane came in through South Florida, mm-hmm. and then hits not only South Florida itself but hit Southwest Florida, so we would have basically driven right into it. Um, so we we're like, oh well, glad we didn't go into you know South Florida. <laughs> Maybe uh, let's go north. Let's go to Jacksonville, right? So we and, and so we thought about doing that, and then we ended up just kind of staying put. Well, what happened? The hurricane came in through um, Manatee County and then went through Lakeland all the way to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, so, I mean, we ended up getting lucky in the sense that, you know, by not evacuating, we actually did the best job in avoiding the hurricane because we would have driven right into it. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah the conversation is more like, because we have, uh, my mother-in-law is on Madeira Beach, like literally on Madeira Beach. And so whenever, like, and again, you know, when you can think about leaving and then you know when you're being told to leave mm-hmm. like the barrier reefs they, yeah. they always get evacuated because once you're off the island there's a bridge that needs to get like they don't know if they can get yeah. to you yeah. like thank goodness we were able to build that bridge i think what within 72 hours back onto the barrier right. reefs uh during the last big hurricane that hit and so and that was engineering marvel that they were able to get that done so but I, at least if you live you know north of ocala I mean, you can evacuate inland yeah. somewhere, you know, within a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. I know. came here for yeah. the last one. I, I, just, I came to the, the, where we're at today. So it's your fault. Is we what had you're we had friends asking us to come help them wrangle cows yeah. in the middle of like I don't even know what part of like Ocala it was at Paul. And some of the other guys were like, "We need people to help us get these cows back into it because the oh hurricane went yep. through that part after Crystal River yeah. right. and, and destroyed through. fence." And, yeah, and so yeah. like it was just a nightmare trying to get like cows back into where they need to go. Of course, it's a inner Florida kind of situation. Yeah, we we had some drones up in after Irma that were we were doing power lines, but we were finding drone uh, cows all over the place. Wow! We ended up losing the drone that ended up going down in a cow pasture that we found two weeks later. It's ridiculous. Well, see, I remember when Andrew came through Miami, uh, and we'll get back to the topic. I promise. <laughs> um, but uh, it destroyed uh, my uh, the Miami Zoo. Yeah, and um, and there were just these wild animals just all over. Uh, South, South Miami. No, fortunately, South Beach is pretty far away, but um, but all over South Miami. I mean, there they had wild animals. The monkeys were the biggest problem yeah. because they're obviously the hardest to, yeah. to, to trap. Um, but for weeks and weeks, they were finding wild animals loose. And in fact, there's now populations of exotic birds in Miami that came about because of Hurricane Andrew. And they, they were never able to, because they had a huge aviary. Um, and the birds, you know, stayed in town and, you know, repopulated and all that. But those are birds that aren't native, you know, to Miami. Well, the pythons ate all the monkeys, so we're good there. Uh, <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't created, like, a sport out of that yet. They have. Like, they need to increase They the, pay out a lot of lots money of, every lots year. Of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go hunt those things. But only, it's only once only, a year. Only in Florida. Go. Only in Florida. I know. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, it makes me want to like as much as I've been traveling. Hunting. Like every time I come home, it's like I'm in a completely different country. <laughs> yeah. just, like, I was up in Boston for a little while. I was out in Utah yeah. for a little while, um, and like going to Boston was awesome. Like that was just like getting back to the roots of like the revolution and yeah, like what America stands yeah. for. You get super patriotic. I, especially when you're I, I bought a Gadsden flag like <laughs> yeah. at, at the Paul Revere right. house. Is like this is hanging up. Yes. You know? well, especially so. since you don't see a lot of American history in Florida until you get to like St. Augustine. There yeah. is no American. And, and, yeah, St. Yeah. Augustine, but that's, I mean, and then you get into Savannah and that sort of yeah. stuff. You start. You can s- find some pockets down here. Like, yeah. there's a park um, in Punta Gorda, Florida, which is, it's small. It's called Gilchrist Park, but that's where, like, Ponce de Leon's final battle was and where oh. he was wounded. So, like, I've Got done it. some research there on, like, the history of it. And so it's, 
but you'd never know it unless you like you go there and you're like oh there's a statue but it's not like it's a big you know celebrated piece of history it's just this cool little park in Punta Gorda Florida yeah we're horrible at preserving it and in yeah. fact that is one of the things that they did in the legislature this past year that really pissed me off I mean was that they uh, and it was basically carved out for South Florida because you know you have these kind of historical art deco buildings you know that have been designated historical and they basically gave them the green light to be able to tear them down Ugh. you know and yeah. so I mean we don't preserve any of our history down no. here yeah well, if you haven't yet, read A Land Remembered. It's a fantastic book. Nice. All right. Um, good job. Really good. And uh, it's got a, it's a novel, but it's got, it's based off the history of Florida. So it talks about like the 1926 hurricane and how people were affected by that. And it talks about the, the Florida crackers running the cattle down through Punta Rasa, down through mm-hmm. Fort Myers. Right. Which um, that I think is now is legitimately like now history. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the, 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 um, the whole, I mean, the cattle industry still exists in Florida, but it's just... Um, it's moving north. They, well, they, they can't do those cattle drives anymore. Yeah. You know, they, they, there's just no paths for them anymore. Yeah. Um, but anyways... Yeah. What was we the topic again? Will, we will get stuck in this topic. <laughs> Back to the House Speaker <laughs> Show. We love talking about Florida. Oh, yeah. That's what, oh, yeah. So, right. so there's, pe- well, so there's there people is, we've never heard of. Yeah. So um, there is going to be a vote tomorrow yeah. on the House floor because evidently in private session, Jim Jordan has received 113 votes. And so because that reaches the threshold that they need, they're going to put it onto the floor, which I honestly think that's ridiculous. They have to do the private vote before you do the public vote, which I think is weird. I mean, he's a solid Republican. I mean, yes. you know, I mean, I I knew McCarthy was too moderate, uh, you know, for this crowd. I mean, especially, you know, the, the ones that like to get on TV and, you know, and, and just kind of beat their chest about how conservative they are, um, which those guys didn't even vote with with Gates on on removing McCarthy but you know there was this dumb rumor going around that they were going to try to put McCarthy back in that's not going to happen poetic um, justice Scalise is withdrawn obviously the the heat got a little real on Scalise there I think and then there's a couple other names representatives Hearn and Emmer um, have uh, also I guess uh, tried to uh, put themselves up for as candidates uh, but yeah that's not uh, that's not going to happen um, so let's see, um, What's Austin, this about? Austin Scott out of Georgia has, uh, put his name in against, uh, Jim Jordan and, uh, Republican study committee chair, Kevin Hearn, um, also has, uh, put his name up there. Tom Emmer is from Minnesota. Um, you know, so again, you know, some new names, you know, that we haven't heard before, which I think is good. You know, I mean, it's, I think we need to kind of. You know, deepen the pool a little bit in terms of who's who's re- truly relevant, but that's part of the thing. You know, once you got rid of a lot of these, uh, you know, old guard, you know, there was just this vacuum of leadership and experience uh, in Congress, um, and so you're left with a lot of people that haven't truly built up the reputation and the relationships um, to to be able to kind of you know put this thing to rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, and I was glad to see that for whatever reason he was nominated before, but uh, Byron Donald's down in Southwest Florida. Yeah. Would love to see him have an opportunity to grow and keep going. I know he's still relatively new to everything, but just the work that he's done, the way he presents himself, the way he does everything. I have zero complaints about with the work that he does. I think he will be a great speaker yeah. when that. I mean, and he's comes. friend. He, you know, he's a friend of the show. He's yeah. friend of ours. Uh, and I was relieved. I mean, I, I legit. I mean, 
gave a sigh of relief when I didn't see him vote yeah, against McCarthy correct. because I thought that was such a stunt, unnecessary. Again, timing couldn't have been worse now with given with everything that's going on. Um, but you know, I agree. I mean, his his future is incredibly bright, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we're lucky even more so in Florida to have him, yeah. and uh, we'll be hearing a lot more about him for sure. Yeah. And then what was this? I don't know if you guys can go into it or if somebody can explain to me how Trump would even be eligible to be like speaker. Yeah, because like I've, I've heard this before. I'm a little bit ignorant to like how the, the path works that way. Well, technically, but. anyone can become speaker. You do okay. not have to be an elected official to become speaker. It was a rule back in the like the 18th century that okay. as long as you were in good moral standing. <laughs> All right. Oh, Which I don't know if that would, yeah, that that's, would qualify. If that's the only caveat, I, this is, we're going to be here for a while. Well, um, again, I mean, it's, it's if you could barely... In, in the, what, in if you DC? could barely get a quasi-moderate like McCarthy elected speaker. I mean, what makes you think that you can get a Donald Trump yeah. elected speaker? No, I get that. It's just, it's, I, I had heard that. so stupid. Interested in in the path of the happening, but if they can just nominate anybody, well, then... Again, I think people forget the Speaker of the House is third in right. line to the presidency. Yeah. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a simple thing. It's a big deal. Well, and those rumors typically start from people that, like, you know, read the Constitution and, okay, kudos to you that you know the Constitution, mm-hmm. you know, upside down. Uh, uh, but, um... But not knowing really like the political right. maneuvering and environment and all that the stuff. And the realities, yeah. you know, political realities of Congress, I mean, is where, you know, a lot of these people are disconnected from, you know, what's truly possible, you know, versus, you know, something like Trump becoming Speaker of the House, right. which is absurd. And then you have these reporters that float it as if it could actually happen. Right. You know, like they were literally asking Trump about it. It's like, look, it's never going to happen. You know, it's like it, it shows how like little Trump the, was never going to get elected. Well, as president. The, well, and some of these reporters, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> uh, but but some of these reporters also like we think that they know, but a lot of these people don't. You know, I mean, you know, and in some cases, you know, especially at the local level, I mean, these people are covering like a bake sale one day and then the next day they're covering, you know, politics. You know, it's it's they don't you know, they don't know the political process. They've never been a part of the political process uh, any more than, you know, the average person out there. Right. You know, but we're supposed to somehow take them as a word of authority because they asked a few questions, you know, so. There's that as well. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, Lance Wissinger joining us. Nebel, David Cabrera. Uh, thank you. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Um, the uh, We had the last topic. Could you send me the last topic there? I believe it was, we, RFK, uh, RFK, it was Jr. RFK Jr. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're going to push it So I was week. drawing a little block. <laughs> no, I was uh, having a little bit of a block there. Um, but still uh, fixed it in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing. Um... So, I mean, it was almost inevitable, right, that uh, getting into RFK Jr., is he going to be the spoiler? I don't even think it's a matter of if. It's who is he going to spoil, right? Is he going to be the spoiler for the left or the spoiler for the right? Um, And, of course, you know, there's polling going on right now as to, you know, how exactly that's going to play out. Um, But looking at, you know, the impact that he's had so far, he's obviously gotten a lot of attention, you know, he's polling really high against uh, Biden. Uh, I think, um, I don't know if you're able to pull that up. Uh, um, I'll be not in the, okay, so let me see if I can pull it up here. But um, um, let's see. Basically, he falls in this weird place because, uh, you know, uh, he's a Democratic legacy, right? You know, he's part of the, he's a Kennedy. 
Now, what's crazy is the level of disrespect that Joe Biden has shown RFK in refusing that he gets Secret Service um, coverage. And also that the DNC is arrogant enough to think that they can change the rules, which they are. Uh, I mean, you know, these were the same people crying about preserving democracy, refusing a debate, refusing to have a primary, um, and now pretty much refusing, you know, to, you know, have someone come in and challenge, you know, the, the, the sitting president, you know, for the nomination. And so he falls on the fence only because in today's political climate, if you're against mandatory vaccines and if you're against the uh, the flu vaccine, for lack of a better term, so we don't get uh, red flagged, it, it's, um, it's, it's made you right wing. <clears throat> so there's speculation, obviously, that he might steal points from Trump. And then obviously being the Democrat legacy that he is, that he might steal points from Biden. There's some people that thought that he was going to go libertarian. Apparently he has, or allegedly he has a lot of libertarian sport. <coughs> Excuse me. Also because of his position on what's happening internationally. Um, but I mean, Nabil, you think he's going to hurt Democrats. So there hasn't been much polling on this at all. And the only polling that's out there says that Excuse with me. him coming into the race, that he only slightly increases Trump's lead by about half a point to about a point, which is a big deal when you already have a big situation that you have right now. Because last time we had a third party run, which was during the the Clinton Bush senior mm -hmm. and then what was his what, what was Ross Perot. Ross Perot. And that guy, I think that guy was like 3.5% of the yeah. vote. And that was a big swing yep. and took a lot of a lot of Republicans at that time, which then allowed for the Democrats to move forward and get and get Clinton. So in this situation, I think what's going to probably occur again, that hurt a sitting president, because if you're going to get a third, a real third party like person in there, they're going to take from the sitting president. They don't take from someone that's coming in and trying to get into the presidency. They're going, they're taking from the sitting president. And right now, Biden is in such a disarray when it comes to his poll numbers. And something that's never going to change is his age. His mm -hmm. age is going to get progressively worse as he as we go through this 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 uh, election cycle, which means people are still really upset with the idea of them not getting to choose what Democrat they wanted to they wanted. And I think JFK made the right choice going in the position that he's going. Don't get me wrong; he's not going to win the election, but it's it's quite it's going to be quite a ride to see that three way race. I think he pulls from both sides, and Cornell West wins. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Which Cornell West running as a libertarian, right? Isn't that's that what so he's doing? Weird. I think he's Green Party, isn't he? Oh, Green Party. That's it's, yeah. it's so weird that they have him as the as his, as the other candidate. It's yeah. very weird. You know, the environment is right, I think, where Cornell West could be relevant, but he himself, I think, his, his time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just too old, you know, at this point to be kind of jumping into this game. Yeah. I mean, I think he's brilliant. Obviously, I don't agree with his, you know, a lot of his politics, um, but he's somebody that, uh, again, is, is, is a very influential figure. Um, but with RFK, again, I think, you know, what makes him attractive is certainly to people who don't like Trump, right? But 
also but agree with what um you know the vaccine a lot of criticism of the vaccine even though trump obviously started the whole process for the vaccine you know which again there's just it, it listening to people you know talk about the whole thing with the vid you know and, and and the timeline of that and who they give credit to and who they blame and this and that is just fascinating because everybody's hands are all over it you know and truly and i'm not just saying this because i'm supporting him but truly the only person that has any positive credentials in my opinion in terms of their handling of that whole uh, pandemic you know was Ron DeSantis um you know now obviously he had no role in the creation of you know the um shot uh but um but biden and trump both did you know they both advocated for it they both created the environment for it they cleared the path for the pharmaceutical companies to push out and they encouraged and spent a lot of our taxpayer dollars in promoting it i mean it just is what it is you know and so i don't i mean yes i think he's pulling from independence um, these polls, you know, showing here, there's uh, four, uh, Echelon, which is a center right organization actually say that, um, with Kennedy in the race, it actually helps Republicans by four mm-hmm. points. But, um, you know, there was a Beacon Shaw Fox news poll that show that with Kennedy in the race, they're still even, Yeah, you yeah. know, and so it just makes it the race that much tighter. And like you said, I don't historically, I mean, I think he would have done more damage if he could have stayed as a Democrat, you know, which is why Democrats changed the rules but to it, make it prohibitive that's, that's for, what I'm saying. The for him to stay in. The Democrats didn't give, there is no path right now for a Democrat to be able to challenge the sitting president no. at the moment. They changed the rules, they changed their bylaws, they did everything they did they needed to do to ensure that Biden would win the next primary is for the Democrats. Marianne Williamson still? She is still running, running. Yeah. but like there's no, there's no mechanism right. for her to have a debate, there's no mechanism for her to be even be on the primary, like, there's no primary voting. Like, that's it's insane right. what's happening with the Democrat Party. I think but again, she's one of those where I think, okay, like she's coming from maybe a legitimate place, but I mean, realistically. I, I throw a crystal at her and she's going to, like, <laughs> something's going to happen. It's, it's I mean, insane. in terms of the fact that she would, she, she has a platform, right? She has a platform. You know, and the, uh, and the kids love her. You know, right. It, it's, but again, you know, is it more of a PR move to just to keep herself relevant, you know, keep herself in the conversation? I don't know. I, I've heard her speeches and I've heard her, her conversations of people i like like her she's very much in tune of what's happening on the on that platform she's really big in tiktok and on whatever other things children are on but the and side- so they like her and they like communicating with her and she has a, a message so i don't think she's doing it just for her to sell more books i think she's doing it because mm-hmm. she really does believe in the democratic party and the fact that biden should not have a free ticket to get to the primary but it infuriates me and it would infuriate me if this was also the case on the republican side Correct. That it would it would infuriate me because this is what they thought. Remember what they thought was going to happen is that Republicans were going to change the rules uh, to prevent Trump from becoming the nominee. Mm-hmm. That they were going to prevent him from you know being a part of the election. Republicans said, you know what, fine, we'll keep hands off, we'll let the process play out, and we got Trump as as, as president. Fine. The fact that Democrats have legitimately changed the rules at every level to prevent any kind of competition against Joe Biden, I mean, just it just infuriates me to no end. And they, in my eyes, have lost all credibility in terms of preserving the democracy that this country has. Yeah, I will say um, there were two polls that I've, I've seen. 
Um, I think one of them was Emerson. I think the other one was Quinnipiac. Um, both of them showed that RFK pulled points from both Trump and Biden, but only pulled like one to three points from Trump and four to seven points mm-hmm. from, from Biden. So yeah. that might have been one of the three points. But he pulled from both, but not nearly as big of a chunk uh, to the to the right as it was. Well, his favorability, I mean. I was going to say the favorability numbers that we have in mm-hmm. front of me, it's a 44.3 for Kennedy. Uh, 41.7 for Biden, and then Trump is at 40.2. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that far off with Biden and Trump. And again, I don't think anyone would have thought this would be the conversation right now because it's just, it I was, don't understand when both parties want other choices, why do they continue to then uh, then pick or side with those two choices? Because I want, my, mm, I want <laughs> my person to win more than your person to win. Again, the fact that the, what, um, yeah, but at least we to, have choices. Right, like we have options. Well, no, look at the look at the Congress. This is the one of the worst rated approval Congress congressional in history. However, the reelection of congressional districts that person is higher than ever before. Because yes, I don't like I don't like your person, but I like my person, mm-hmm. and that's the problem where that the the disconnect of it is. That I don't like what Congress is doing, but do not get rid of my congressman. I think some of it has to do like getting into some of the like psychological side of it. Like when you go to a restaurant and you have like too many options, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you have, was it choice paralysis where yeah. it's like, I can't pick. And so you people, default to what you know. Right. And, and a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't, for it. <laughs> <laughs> people like, I don't know anything else, but I know that particular person. And, and yeah. even with Kennedy, I know that name. I know the, the idea and what, where that comes from. So even people that aren't completely well versed on maybe who he is or even how politics work in general, but they're like, I don't like either of those two, but yeah. you know, Kennedy was a good, uh, uh, you know, uh, legacy to, to have. It's a great so, like. His, what's weird his is voice is horrible though. Yeah. His voice. Yeah. So they should, that to me in a normal environment would would have been a disqualifier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred um, so, percent. And I'm still not even saying that it isn't. Yeah. I think for some people they 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 don't they wouldn't be able to I vote always, for somebody you know regardless of that having no impact on their leadership. I always refer to like really. I feel like. The downturn, the big downturn for us, because we've had these ups and downs always, but the big downturn when it came to like social media politics and like perception, Howard Dean's, yeah! Oh, yeah. And like yeah. as soon as that happened, it was like a switch. Mm-hmm. Like everything happened from there has been different. Because how many times have we seen people just do something dumb and it's like, it doesn't matter how. Right. All this dude, he got excited about like getting the party going again and made a funny noise and was. I was that's that yeah. like immediately yeah. but then sometimes that happens i mean dukakis with the tank yeah. and the helmet yeah, yeah. and you know or quail with the but potato it doesn't happen like that anymore now it's like people do yeah. so much it's almost like the more ridiculous it is the better the better they're getting now. i mean yeah. we live in a tiktok society now which i refuse to put tiktok on any of my devices um <laughs> oh, but i completely agree with you so uh but like jonathan do you have tiktok i do yes you're Chinese literally spy. watching the dumbing down of society, though, where yes. people are like, your attention spans are getting shorter. You're watching ridiculous stuff. There's so much just gratuitous everything all over the place on air. And there's no real, real I don't want to say regulation on it, but there's no real way to, like, make sure your kids are doing exactly what they need to be doing and not because, like, I mean, I was a pain in the butt when I was a kid. So yeah. I, I can only imagine <laughs> what I would have been getting away with mm-hmm. having access to as much social media. So, like, seeing how the world has changed and the social media and the access, like we are talking, you just were saying that this is the lowest rated Congress in forever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other Congresses that probably did, but there wasn't the 
instant gratification Correct. and the instant information that we have now. Yeah. So like well, more information does not guarantee better results. Right? Well, no. This and the problem is, is that you can go out there and, and drop a bomb, you know, of, of information. Right. Yeah. And, and by the time it gets vetted to verify oh, whether over. or not, you know, it doesn't matter whether it was true or not, because now it's already had the impact that it was intended. Oh, the to. disinformation campaigns that people are going to start throwing again. I mean, we had it, two cycles ago and now we're going to get into a third well, again look at with this whole thing with scalise you know what i mean like you know all of a sudden he's being considered for speaker great guy right obviously going through a lot after getting shot at the congressional softball game and then now having like a cancer um blood uh, cancer. you know having blood cancer and dealing with that and then and still people willing to throw dirt at him just to keep him out of power um uh real quick to wrap up the kennedy well, I, um, I was gonna say real quick i have the polling on the um there are four five polls so from september 3rd all the way to october 10th and almost all of them have uh trump 30 38.4 biden 37 and kennedy 15. so kennedy yeah. is getting double digits right now when it comes to that and it's still having the point that trump is winning by a point but again it's all going to depend on where you win you know i mean it's going to be an electoral college win that's yeah. going to be what's what's going to decide it. And in terms of RFK Jr., to close the topic out, it, what's been really interesting is how Democrats have kind of turned on him. Mm -hmm. You know, he has overall across uh, five different polls here, he has a negative 10 uh, approval rating uh, with, de with Democrats, whereas with Republicans, he has a plus 27. Yeah. Which is again, that's that's dangerous for Republicans. I don't think it's dangerous. I think yeah, Republicans like him, but they're not going to vote for him when it comes to the presidency. I, I I think there's enough Republicans out there that don't like Trump that yeah, but they were that never going to vote. They'll for do Trump. a vote. They'll do a protest vote. But they were I, never going to vote for Trump. Oh, well, probably. I think as we get closer to the election, I think uh, referred to as the honeymoon phase that everybody's having with RFK right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, as more of the information comes out and people, like I have a lot of friends, um, specifically Democrat friends that. Don't like where we're at now um like kennedy but don't like his stance on you know things that have happened in the past um so they're like they're kind of torn they're like i still don't have a good candidate you know <laughs> yeah. so you know do i want this and have denying of something else or do i want this and have our world to continue to go to where i mean you have a lot is. of democrats that feel that way and yeah. i think that's going to be where the problem is whereas yeah. republicans just want to see the place burn and so they're going to vote for trump sad troop sad but true all right there is and I, I was hoping we could get this graphic up but we're uh having some technical issues here but i mean i can't even tell you there's like 30 people on this graphic here for this criminal justice summit that's happening october 21st um over in tampa prep downtown tampa it's going to be from 8 a.m to 4 p.m i mean it is going to be uh an, an incredible day of expertise and insight when it comes to uh criminal justice reform uh and also the experiences of those who've uh, gone through the system and where the system has failed and where um you know there there needs to be improvements i mean there's former elected officials current elected officials i mean at least on our side of the aisle here i mean we've got uh, michael beltran you know is a friend uh state representative former state senator jeff brandis is going to be there uh there's also some uh, republican elected officials i mean i'm sorry democrat elected officials that are going to be there as well um minority where's oh he he was running for judge wasn't he mm -hmm. um yeah he, he's uh one of the panelists i mean an impressive list of panelists here uh that's going to be uh featured in this uh second annual tampa bay criminal justice summit 
Uh, if you want more information, if you want the details, go to horizoncommunities.org. That's horizoncommunities.org. It's the second annual Tampa Bay Criminal Justice Summit, Tampa Prep, uh, October 21st, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Lance, you're going to be on there real quick, and if you could just kind of give us an elevator pitch on uh, the topic you're you're going to be t- uh, a part of. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going to be t- talking about a uh, second look legislation. So going back and checking to see if sentences match the uh, the punishment, and if laws have changed since then to go back and, and kind of check those out. Uh, following up, kind of what Trump started with the the first uh, first step act, where we're kind of going and, and resentencing. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm on a great panel. I have representative Garcia from Miami and then, uh, uh, Minardi and then another lawyer. And then there's me, um, my cool. background, you know, I, I tell people I joke around about, it. I'm just a dumb inmate. I just learned the hard way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but through all the work and everything I did, and we can come back and do a whole thing about, you know, my backstory, but, yeah. um, definitely learned the hard way. I learned firsthand experience. And so I'm able to share those experiences and to be able to help people, um, you know, find success on the other side. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about finding a house for me earlier. And it's, it, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't take into consideration. A lot of challenges. Yeah. So as we're looking into this second look, um, it's mainly just making sure that people have the, the right punishment to match the, the crime where, mm-hmm. you know, I did a certain amount of time, which I actually think I got less time than I probably should have gotten because of how serious the charge was and what the issue was. Um, you know, and I've, I've made amends and I've done everything I'm supposed to do and, and I have a good life now, but you know, it took a long time to get there. Thank yeah. you. Um, that's why I was talking about like my 10 year challenge is pretty good. Cause 10 years ago I was still like, you know, trying to get through everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Harry, I'm now able to speak on behalf. And so like I go out there and I, I really try to make sure that people have the opportunity to have a second chance to find a house, to find a job, to find a career, not just come back to the circumstances that led them to incarceration in the first place. So now with second look, we really want to break it down to like, you know, if somebody was caught at 18 or 20 and they got 25 years for a minute mandatory minimum, cause they have possession of something, mm-hmm. man, like I was 23 when I got in trouble and I ended up serving five years in prison. And like, I learned, I had a, like, I can break down day to day exactly. Like, this is how I felt on this day. And this is what I was learning. The first year was me being angry and like, I shouldn't be here. And the second year was like, all right, maybe I got something to learn. The third year was like, all right, I'm learning something. I'm getting something out of this. And then the next two years was how do I help other people get through this? Wow. So having that mentality is step number one. So I tried to teach other people, but you keep people in for too long. Like they just get angrier and angrier and, and they're, they're losing out on like what's happening in society. The, the example that I use, I went in with a Nokia brick phone, you know, the, the old brick and, mm-hmm. and I came up to an iPhone and I'm like, I don't even know how this technology works <laughs> yeah, anymore. Sure. Like, I can play a game on, I can watch a movie on my, in my hand. Like it's weird to like miss that big chunk of time. Yeah. Um, again, I also huge transformational the, period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I missed all of, uh, the recession too. So like I picked, <laughs> if I was going away, I picked a good time to not own a house. Uh, so I tell people I was, it was on a good the, time to be on subsidies. Yeah. Well, I, I was on the state funded scenic tour of central Florida. There we go. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's going to be a really good group. Like you said, there's like 30 plus people on it. I'm not even, there's people that aren't even on that picture That's that, right. um, that are going to be there. So my panel starts at 11 o'clock. We're going to be going into the second look and we're going to have a fantastic uh, breakdown on that. But everyone that's going to be there, if you get a chance, um, the other thing is that if you can't make to that man and you got some way to get connected to the, you know, the communities that could really use your help. Like I build mentor programs. I try to help people coming out of jail and prison, try to make, I had a great conversation earlier today with somebody about like 
dealing with homeless people, you know, and like, he's like, man, every time I got five bucks, he's like, I feel like I'm obligated to give it to him. I was like, well, set yourself some rules. Like I know people, like I made a, a choice to like go out and actually sit and talk with people. And I learned, you know, there are people that are homeless that are going to stay homeless. Mm-hmm. That That is the freedom to them. They yeah. can't go underneath. Uh, they don't want the ends. responsibility. They don't want the trouble. Yep. They don't want, you know, and, you know, and, yep. and more power to them. And, and, and this guy in particular, he just like, he'd keep an eye on my stuff. Like I parked downtown and he took care of me. Um, and you know, I'd let him bump cigarettes or whatever. Um, yeah. so like, uh, but the, 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 the turning point with him specifically was that, uh, I had 50 bucks on me and I told him whatever I have on me, he can get. And so the first thing he did is like, come with me. We went and bought pizzas and took pizzas back to the whole, he could have walked away with that. Sure. So like the fact that I got to know that person and knew what his, his ideas were, and it wasn't just like, he's going to go waste money on drugs or alcohol. Right. He was, he actually made a point to like go take care of other people so like cool understanding that and living it firsthand like you know i lived in my truck I, I went to prison i've done all these things and now i have a very successful life and things are going really well i want other people to see that there's an opportunity for that as well and so this opportunity to speak at this event will be one of those times great all right on that note thank you again lance and uh, we'll definitely be seeing you again very very soon uh go see him october 21st at tampa prep enable david cabrera thank you sir as always always uh don't forget to download subscribe like follow leave us a comment drop us an email uh youtube all your favorite podcast platforms this has been the yard sign florida's most political uh, most important political podcast uh we'll see you back here next week goodbye everybody goodbye Bang.